From in-depth analysis of basketball and football to life advice, Ryan Russillo has got you covered on the Ryan Russillo podcast. Join him as he talks to some of the best names in sports while providing sharp analysis and wit you won't find elsewhere. Check out the Ryan Russillo podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other. We've done it. We've made it all the way to the last moment on the PGA Tour schedule, my friends. This is Fairway Rollin! The golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, on the line, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground as always, Nathan Hubbard, and a very special guest today on the fairway roll, and just off of his experience at the WGC event down in Memphis, the St. Jude, the homie himself, Max Homa, is on the show to talk to us about how he's feeling coming in, up in, into the FedEx Cup playoffs. It's, we're going to start off as a two ball, though. Me and Nate have some things we have to hash out over what's happened in the world of golf over the past couple of weeks. Let's throw a peg in the ground and try and hit one down the middle. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Nate Dog, how's it swinging? There's a lot going on, house. There's a We've lot going a on. missed a lot. We got a lot coming. This is a fun, sneaky fun golf time of year. We have a lot to talk about that's happened. We have a lot to talk about that's going to happen in the next month. So let's start, speaking of sneaky fun, with your reaction to the Olympics. They are now in our rearview mirror. The men's competition preceded the women's competition. For me, there was a difference between the two competitions. I don't want to uh, uh, tip my hand about my own sentiments because I want your reaction as you consumed the men's and the women's uh, uh golf competitions in the Olympics. What was your overall reaction? Well, I was exhausted because yeah. I stayed up until two in the morning. You did. Watching the bronze medal playoff because we had major winners galore in that thing. We, yes. it, it, I mean, Colin Morikawa, Matsuyama. Yes, bring it all on. I thought it was a lot of fun to see 150 guys on a tee box trying to figure out who was going first. Uh, with six guys in a group or whatever. We, we almost got six guys in one group. That was going to be terrific. But listen, I liked it more than I thought I would. I have to admit that I watched with more excitement the women's competition than I did the men. And I don't know if that's because I was just really excited about pulling for Nelly. I don't, I, she rope, roped me right in with that near 59 and I was in, I was heavily invested in, in the women's side a lot more than I was in the men's. Although shout out to all the guys who played in the men's competition, because they certainly overtly made us feel like it mattered to them. Rory sort of changed his tune about it. Xander clearly was moved. Justin Thomas, even though he was out of it, made it, you know, he definitely had the same kinds of feelings that Fowler had when he played, which is this really feels like it matters. So, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think they should think about format changes going forward, potentially mixing up men and women, maybe. But uh, this was better than I thought. And with Paris and L.A. to come, golf should definitely stay in the Olympics. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, not surprisingly, I share virtually all of your sentiments about uh, virtually all of the Olympic experience, um, particularly the women. The women really captured my imagination. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that um, they, the, the women, the LPGA tour doesn't often occupy the stage in right. the way that, that um, the women's golf uh, event did. And there, there really um, was not any competition uh, up against that. Like the, the, the time, in a way, the time difference in Tokyo played in the women's favor because it meant, you know, watching, there was no other, um, um, sports for me to really be interested in. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a basketball game it mixed in there, but I got to just be sorry. You must've lost a lot of money on that. I know Which, you were betting against team USA. Oh, come on, Nate dog. 
or you bet against and then you bet on. Okay. That's this is you you need okay. to like, okay. you know, get okay. it built up a little bit. I uh did fine on the Olympics basketball. Thank Attaboy. you very much. So I was Attaboy. happy, honestly. Um but the yeah, I I um there is a this this a weird tension that I feel more on the men's side with the fact that the Olympics is uh at least the golf just it's just an exhibition. Um, and you have to imbue it with meaning. Um, you know, we grew up in an era where the Olympics were extremely important and extremely tied to national pride. I feel like the Olympics have lost some of that stature over the last couple of decades. And it's weird for guys who make so much money and are on TV every week. Um, it's not, it it, just to like, it's a huge sacrifice for them to go through all the protocols to get themselves there and, you know, endure being on the other side of the world, yeah. right on the precipice of their, their, their most They're lucrative for $15 million, their most lucrative money-making opportunity is staring them in the face. And a lot of guys did not like Louis Eustazen did not go play in the Olympics. He was eligible to play in the Olympics, but it's pretty apparent that he um, didn't play because he wants to be in the very best position possible for all of this money that, that is uh, flowing from the FedEx cup playoffs. The same is not true of the women. And right. I think that's the thing. There's also, uh, um, you know, an opportunity for some women that we haven't heard of. Uh, I mean, n- a neither... shot from India was yes, out of I... the blue, 200 and, player in the world played and great. The, and, and her putting was incandescent. Yeah. And it was nice to have an army from Japan, you know, for Japan to have uh, a performance. You know, Hideki was right there. Hideki feels like he, he it seems like he felt some of that pressure, to be honest with you. Uh, I, there's no doubt he felt that pressure. I mean, you could see how good his game was in Memphis last week. He, he yep. could have won that. It's hard for us to understand the kind of pressure he was under, e- even with the Masters win under his belt. So I thought he he acquitted himself very well. But it was it, it really has turned into the summer of Nelly Corda. Yeah, and, and she's a breakout star who you don't want to layer too much on her. It's not clear that she's this sort of magnetic personality yet, but she is magnetic to watch on the golf course, and she's turning into the next thing. I, you don't want to weigh it down too heavy on her, but she tucks a couple more majors under her belt, and you're looking at somebody who could really be transformative for for the women's game. Well, and her gold medal win turned out to be extraordinarily dramatic. Yeah. Like it looked like she might just run away with the tournament by five or six strokes easily all, on Saturday. All, and on she Friday. didn't, she didn't play poorly. The other women rose, came up to the, to the standard. I mean, yeah. Nelly shot under par to, to win the gold medal. And it was a real, um, it was such a great reflection of how hard golf is, you know, how easy it is to, to make one mistake yeah. Then you have a bogey. Then you have, you know, the, the double bogey, double chip. And suddenly it's tense. The, yes, exactly. And to her credit, like what she showed us in terms of her, 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 uh, her fortitude, her, her intestinal fortitude, uh, she immediately came back with birdie at any time there was a hiccup or, or, you know, it felt like things could be just completely sliding away. She stepped right up and, and, you know, went for the grab. And, and as much I was not happy about her decision on Friday to uh, chip out on 18 from the location, she she 
she needed a par for a 59. And she just, or did she need birdie? I thought she needed birdie, she but needed it doesn't birdie. matter. She needed, Either yes, way. of course. She needed birdie for 59. And because she doubled for, for, uh, for a 62. I, I, I still, though, appreciate that what she was focused on was this golf. It's Friday of this golf tournament. I'm trying to win a gold medal. Yeah. That's why I'm here. 59, 56, 66. I don't care. I'm trying to get in in the fewest shots possible and going for it from this position, even though it gives me a chance to shoot 59, nobody is giving me a medal for 59. Uh, and so I, that tells you sort of the thoughtful decision making that she was that she was going around the course because she understood there was still a lot of golf yet to be played. And that that was just what I was going to say. That same observation, the presence of mind. Yep. She never lost herself in the moment, even after mistakes. And that is a is a difference maker. That's why she's number one yep. in the world. She didn't and, have to get talked out of it by her caddy either. She walked up and grabbed the iron and everybody on TV was like, oh, but in retrospect, based on where she finished with a one shot lead, it was the kind of decision that won her the medal. And I'm not saying this with the goal or intention of shitting on Lexi Thompson, but having seen Lexi yes. in control of the U.S. Open out at, at, at Olympic and it was it was right there for her to, to bring it home. There is a distinction between what we observed out of Nelly, that that toughness, that mental strength, and what we observed out of Lexi. And Lexi can still get there. She's so so young. I'm just drawing the distinction because we have two pretty recent great performances by American women, which is also kind of a a, a new trend here. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Koreans, the South Koreans have been dominating um, the women's tour. And and here we have, you know, great performances from American women and, and you know, drawing. I, I feel like the, the future is terrific uh, for both. But um, what Nelly has shown us feels like it has some real stickiness to it. Like she might be number one in the world for a while. I'm knocking on wood. I don't want to jinx her. If nothing else, the excuses for showcasing the women's game are gone. Because she is fantastic to watch, and you and I would give our eye teeth to swing like her. So what it's on the uh, the the professional leagues at this point to find ways to feature and showcase her, and whether that's you know some special events, I I, I don't know. But uh, we need to see more Nelly Corda because she is playing the best golf around right now. Also nice to see Lydia Ko back playing well, and she certainly has been nipping at Nelly's heels all summer long. So we've got a nice young rivalry developing. Uh, among some women who can play golf better than you or I can right now. <laughs> well, I, we need to um, come up with an occasion to get somebody associated. We had Marina Alex on in in, in the fall. Meatball. I want to have um, a, a, another um, w woman associated with the LPGA. Uh, I, I want to have this conversation, this larger conversation uh, about the you know the cliche of of growing the game. Because I honestly think it's it's the women that have the 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 real um, uh, spark that that could ignite something amongst um, kids. I just feel like the the women are um, for whatever reason more more relatable. Uh, yeah, I think and, in the same way the U.S. Women's National Team their success over the last couple decades has exploded the game among. Uh, girls playing soccer. The same thing is absolutely possible here. Yeah. Well, so we'll think about a good guest uh, 
for that. You know who showed the exact opposite of Nelly Corda's medal? <laughs> and by medal, I don't mean M E D A L. I mean no. M E T T L E. Yeah, I mean there. Yeah, there's two two choices. Maybe three choices here. Uh, who, who do you have in mind? And then we'll talk about the other two. Uh, well, I think we got to start with Bryson. Although okay. I think Harris Harris was the one that really you, you felt badly for. That one was hard to watch. Cam Smith, I think, was just trying to win a golf tournament. So I, I don't throw any stone. He had to assume somebody was going to make birdie, and he had to go for it. So I love that he went for an impossible shot. Okay, he went OB. Too bad. He'll be back. He's still got his country's initials shaved in his head. He's a winner. <laughs> but, he is but, a winner. Let that be the the, the 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 enormous takeaway for Cam Smith. Perpetual but, but, winner. Yeah, but let's. We're going to need a longer segment on Bryson, and they should probably be together. So let's just say that it's really hard to win a golf tournament. And Harris English is not a top 10 golfer in the world. He's won twice. I mean, I, you remember I texted you from Shadow Creek in Las Vegas in the fall. And I said, I think Harris English has the yips because he had a couple rounds where he was just shanking wedges, little chips off the hosel. And I, I, that's not to say that I mean, Harris English is a great golfer. Yeah. I'm just saying winning a golf tournament is really freaking hard. And this is a guy who I think because he strikes the ball so well, because he won a couple of tournaments that frankly weren't as high profile has gotten some flowers. And, and that's great. This was, I think as heavy duty a position as he's been in for a while. And there's no doubt that because of some slow play, maybe triggered by him, maybe triggered by the ruling Bryson rightly and understandably asked for, uh, he got on the clock. He's not a guy who likes to play quickly. A and he got frazzled. It's just another example of what our buddy Joel Damon says, which is, God, it's hard to win a golf tournament. Yeah, the thing that was interesting to me about English was his response to an uncontrollable variable. Like, you can anticipate that the golf course is going to be set up um, in a more difficult manner, that there was a lot of pins yeah. Talked and we, we're gonna go through. We got a, a recap from our good buddy Chris Vernon, who was on the grounds himself Friday, Saturday, Sunday mm -hmm. at TPC uh, Southwind. I try to get him on here, but he he's you know he, he's got he's, a lot going on right. He's now. preparing for his next Masters update. He's too busy talking to to uh, Max Homa and and Paul Casey and you know yeah, Tony Fee now. Although I will tell you very quick aside, he is concerned about his relationship with Tony Fee now because. He heard it loudly and prominently from assembled young men. Every, and, and as Tony made his way around the course, Tony Fee now, where he be now. Uh -oh. And 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 Verno's a little worried that that Tony might not be that taking it. Yeah, that phrase in the is being used for for yeah for bad now. This yes, that's that's the concern. But speaking of of using phrases for bad, calling Bryson Brooksy, uh, one of the uncontrollable variables out there that Harris had to experience by being paired with, with Bryson. But, um, you know, the course did play harder on Sunday, but he there shot was 40 wind. on the back. I mean, two the, doubles and a bogey on a par five, the 16. uncontrollable variable was the time and his response to that unexpected injection of, uh, that uncontrollable variable he he 
was not able to respond to it in, in a measured and organized and thoughtful way. He was rushing and he said it out loud that he was rushing and it was apparent that he was rushing and he had many opportunities to prevail on this golf tournament. He was ahead. He got it to 21 under at, at, at one point. Uh, on Sunday, 20, yeah, twenty. Yeah, several shots clear of of everybody else, and Plus he finished you know, ten. He's two under for the day. That's right. That's and, exactly and, right. And he steps up to eleven. And you said it. The hardest thing to time just starts moving a little bit faster when you're in those pressure situations, and you have to force yourself down the stretch to just slow down and breathe and take your time. He was obviously being told by an official, like you got to move. You are in fact on the clock. So, so they were concerned about that. Was he in jeopardy of getting a stroke penalty? I don't know. I mean, you're no, just, you're, you're in no. the pressure cooker in that moment. And, and I just think after 11, he hits that terrible shot and steps up on 14 and does the exact same thing again, which was almost, I mean, almost worse. I, 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 I'm not even sure, uh, that they had received anything beyond the warning about being out of position. You know, there is this whole convoluted structure that they, that the tour goes through before they actually uh, assess a penalty. And the only person I can think of in recent memory that's received a penalty is the 14 year old kid from Japan yeah. who got a penalty from the masters for slow. I mean, I know there's been yeah. somebody that, even this year that got it, but that but one it's was hard to shake off. I mean, you got to respect the officials. I, I, I just, and I do think that they formally were on the clock after 12, yeah. but I mean, he bogeyed 16. It's a par five. It's not, you know, he had to basically whack out from, from the rough after his drive. He, he had 128 to the hole, and there just was no excuse for bogeying that one. If he pars it or birdies it, he's at least in a playoff, you know, not to mention the, the putt he missed on 18 that would have put him there, too. So um, he has something to build on if you want to look at it from a glass half full. We have to talk about Bryson yeah. and the very peculiar continued insistence on self-sabotage. He uh, looks for a way to put a target on himself in a manner that no other prominent athlete, maybe Antonio Brown for a stretch there, but you know, because of the, the, the golf schedule, the repeated opportunities for Bryson to be on television and say things to people. We keep seeing him, you know, exercise judgment that just is so out of step with what's in his own best interests. And we keep having this conversation about why isn't there anybody in his life that can help coach him around this. I, I honestly, with a, in a glass half full kind of way, think that he thought that his response to the vaccination question was him being a kind of magnanimous, a kind of generosity, but it was so far out of touch with the prevailing science sentiment, um, reality you know, beha behavior of, of so many of the rest of us here in the United States of America that it was, it just, it, it was completely out of left field. And then he, was made aware of of how out of left field it was and then shut down everything for the remainder. No more press for the rest of the tournament. A tournament where it's the lowest hanging fruit. All you, you, you know, it is the, 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 it's St. Jude's Hospital. It's kids with cancer. 
And the focus should be on those kids and the, the, the combination of the tour being there and what that, that, that the charitable aspects can do for that. And that with his stature, with his prominence, he should have walked into that golf tournament with nothing but his commitment to that cause front of mind. And every, he doesn't need to talk about really anything else, really nothing else that he need to talk about. And yet he, he had to commit the unforced error. The question that I have for you, Nate Dog, is the news that 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 came out and that he himself said was he had COVID and lost a bunch of weight due to the COVID. And our own our man Chris Vernon will testify he was light. He was the lightest that anybody has seen him in quite some time. He did not go participate in the Olympics because of the positive COVID test. Now, I, I'm not the author of this conspiracy theory. The, one of the fellows from No Laying Up, and, I, and I'm honestly mad. I'm jealous. There is a sentiment that, that there could have been another explanation for the combination of him not participating in the Olympics and, and, and the weight loss. And it could have to do with, you know, a particular, whatever regimen he might've been on, um, that, that, you know, has him with the continued strength and endurance to, to go out and try and kill the ball the way he has. Did you, do you have any reaction to any of that? I know our job is to have words to put to these things, but I'm sort of out of them for this one. You and I've been now talking for a long time about just this something ain't right with Bryson. Yeah. For, for, but, but this was even before he gained the, the weight. And I don't have an explanation for why. I mean, you said he looks to put a target on his back. I don't think he does look. I just think it's more what you said at the end, which is that the judgment just isn't there. It, it was an irresponsible comment to make. Now, of course, he had to answer questions about it because he'd taken the test. But you want to know who had a whole lot of opportunities to step on uh, landmines? It was John Rahm. And if you just want the blueprint for how to handle it right, look at what John Rahm said. Or look at what any of the other guys, for the most part, who tested positive, dating all the way back to when the tour came back in 2020, look at how they handled it. And I just, it just was an irresponsible set of comments. And at some point, we have to switch from saying, you know, he's just a different guy and he's in his own hand and it is what it is, to, to saying, um, I, I disapprove of this guy's public behavior. And, and what's so strange about it is, you know, what the golf media really picked up on this week was the bullying. Well, we talked about the, the vitriol that was being directed his way when I was there in Hartford. And there were kids with shirts with his sort of logo on it that said, let's go Brooksy. And that's when you knew this thing was taking a turn and, and that it was definitely impacting him, you know, for the worse. And that in, indeed this feud between Brooks and Bryson is not serving either of them. Brooks has not been at his best since then. But, but for Bryson at this point, I, I'm out of excuses. I expect more from somebody who cares about being a public figure, who gets upset about his brand being touched on the wrong way. Well, then use your brand for good. Yeah. And, and use your platform 
to at least tell the truth about something that is a very dangerous thing for the world. And and you don't that's not a political thing. You know, I don't give a shit that you the the guy that you chose to celebrate and drink out of the US Open Cup with was Eric fucking Trump. That's your call, bud. But don't tell everybody stuff that's not true about a pandemic that continues to just be a fucking problem, whether you regardless of where you think it started or what you think about vaccines, it's a fucking problem. And it's in part a problem because there's a bunch of misinformation that's getting spread by people with the platform. If you care enough and you've worked hard enough to have that platform, use it for good. And I'm out of excuses for people who don't. Yep. And I, I don't have anything to add to that as it relates to Bryson. I mean, every single week is a new opportunity for him to do something smart, to do the right thing, to pick some aspect of whatever's going on in, in, in the tournament. Um, that, that that's positive and emphasize that and not make it about himself. You, you really have keyed in on over the past month over the psychological damage that you thought was done on the back nine at the U.S. Open. Yes. And, and we saw it again. I mean, again, he, he came into this tournament. His first sets of comments were, I lost a bunch of pounds, blah, blah, blah. I have super low expectations. And suddenly he's lurking and you go, son of a gun. Uh, House just lost all of his bets betting against Bryson, and he's going to have a week, and he may win this damn golf tournament. So it's not like he came in and the chanting on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday hurt him, or nope. you know that it kept him from playing well. I- I'm not even so sure. Did it intensify Sunday? Probably. But there's something more going on in the back nine when he just tools out and makes weird decisions and bad swings when the tournament is seemingly in his grasp. And yep. that's the thing that's most interesting to me. We've got a little bit of a Chuck Knobloch possibility evolving at the moment, where he, he, he's going to be in denial about it, but everybody sees what's happening. Two super prominent opportunities, the U.S. Open and this WGC event, both of, of you know high-class stature, where you know his... his overall uh um place in the game just in terms of of you know competitive standing could could have been solidified and that back nine in both of those events was just garbage and the heckling and I, stops if he wins by the way and i i wonder you know how do we feel about him in the Ryder Cup? I mean, Horrible. it's almost time for us to be talking about the Ryder Cup. I brought it up last August or September, and you said it's too soon, but then we talked about it. This is going to be the worst, you know, interpersonal dynamic locker room in any team sport in the history of sports. You if, think, I, wait, worse than France? Worse than the U.S. Uh, uh, Ryder Cup team in France? I, I, I can't imagine if they pick Patrick Reed. <laughs> <laughs> and because they're gonna pick Spieth, they have to pick Spieth. They're, I think I think Reed is out. Like if you want to, do you? Like, I think he's out. Yeah. I would leave him off. I think. Well, he he's might too much drama. win this week because he. That's the the kind of dick that Patrick Reed is. Right. And I would I honestly love it because I yeah. love the story of it. Yeah. And he for sure plays great at this venue. So him winning at the Wyndham uh, and and just grabbing the sixth slot. And and putting himself in like you you know you don't get a choice. Uh, it's gonna be Coach a mess. Stricker. It's gonna yeah. be a mess. And, and I just hope Stricker and the rest of the guys. I mean, more than ever, they need to get some sort of you know 
thing made out of Nerf that they can tuck Tiger Woods into because they just need his alphaness in the room because Brooks can't be it because of the, the, the sort of little urban warfare that he's been flaming through the course of the summer with Bryson that, again, has not helped him, has not helped Bryson for sure. And certainly I don't think really has helped the game as much as it's drawn a little bit of attention. It's just not, it hasn't been in good fun. So I, I don't know that you've got the type A in there that's going to whip all these guys into shape. I, I We have a interpersonal dynamic, massive leadership challenge that could not matter because these guys are so fucking good and they go out and they wipe the floor with Europe or it could explode into the ugliest thing we've seen. Well, let, let me ask you, and we'll have lots of time to ruminate on, on this. I still think there's an outside chance that um, Tiger Woods plays a role in terms of of the leadership, and there's no, no doubt whatsoever that Phil Mickelson is going to be uh, you know, part of the leadership here. Those two are elder statesmen that every one of those players respects and, and deifies. All the young guys, and, including Bryson, you don't think that 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 combination of those two as the old heads might prevail upon this group to set aside the 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 dumb uh, nonsense and and you know eyes on the prize for a minute? Well, we have we have uh, Phil's Watson comments to look back on. He wasn't as proactive about. He was sort of grumbly about them. He still talks about that. I think as being a regret of his the way that yeah. he handled some of that. Uh, so my hope is that he will have learned from the way that he handled it, although I think his sentiment was well, right. And 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 it it made him beloved amongst his peers. It had yeah. the desired effect. That, I mean, that, he, I, he trashed Tom Watson and every one of the Ryder Cup players participating in that event, agreed with Phil, was happy to have somebody say it, and, and it, you know, immediately gave their loyalty to Phil. Well, let's see if he uses that political capital to bring these guys in line, because otherwise, I, I do think that the lore of this event is that you need team chemistry and that the reason Europe historically outperforms is because they have it and we haven't always. But uh, we haven't always. This it's is going to be a tough is going to be a tough one. But hey, let's not get off of uh, Memphis without at least nodding our head to the second Mexican to win this season. Carlos Ortiz won in Houston. We got to at least acknowledge Abe Answer, who has been around the hoop for so long. I mean, the dude has been just absolutely lights out. Guy's got seven top tens in 24 events this year, 16 top fives. He's only missed three cuts. He got some luck to win this tournament, no doubt. But this guy, we thought, was really the next guy with his ball striking, the way he put in the President's Cup. It's great to see him finally get that first win. And his caddy was enjoying a margarita after the tournament and, and did a little post on one of the caddy Twitter feeds. I mean, his caddy said, I, I think that now the 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 seal is broken and, and the sky's the limit for this guy. I, I mean, I tend to agree with that sentiment. And I can only imagine the amount of tequila that those two gentlemen and all their loved ones enjoyed. He has uh, an investment, some kind of relationship, sponsorship relationship with a beautiful tequila from Jalisco. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, all, all credit to Abe. Like the lasting impression that we had of Abe uh, was from the President's Cup um, in 2019 where he said, I want Tiger in the, in the final round. And then Tiger walked off a putt against him, which was awesome. But... Yeah. You know, in the golf community, the folks that we interface with, the, it's nothing but respect for answer. Yeah. At, at, at all, every level, he's tough as nails. He's got that full bulldog 
Uh, he's he's not very big stature wise. Um, but you know, look, you said it. He did what was required of him to get himself into the playoff. He had the the golf course in front of him. He shot two under. It was good enough to get in the playoff. And then he showed up at the playoff, and he had he both he and Sam Burns both had birdie putts, and yeah. he made his, and Sam Burns did not make his. And that's how you win golf tournaments. You make your own luck. So you know, super kudos yeah. to to Abe. I I saw him grinding at the Travelers. He ended up finishing fourth there. He shot 66, 65 on the weekend. But I saw him absolutely grinding late at night with his wedges, working on his game, going for it. Let me ask you this. Between him and Louie and Hideki, would we be more worried about President's Cup if it was this year than we are about Ryder Cup? Uh, what, what do you mean by worried? You mean in terms of who wins? What's a better team? The uh, I, I don't even think it's close. It's it's the international team. It is the President's Cup team. Like you you you're putting the Australians in there. Is his Camp, Camp Smith is on a heater, notwithstanding yeah. banging the ball off trees. Mark Leishman won this year. Like, have it, we ever it, felt that way? I the, love it. How good is it? It's great. But I mean, here we go. We finally have a President's Cup coming up in a year where yeah, we got to be nervous. You know I'm not. You know who I'm not nervous about is like T- Tyrrell Hatton. I don't give a shit about Tyrrell Hatton no, in, in the Ryder Cup. No, I, I, Rory will be up for it because he gets up for big things. But his like you know we we keep waiting for a breakthrough from Rory. By the way, another another Verno uh, moment. Have to share this. This is the part of the Verno recap. He shared with me that he left late in the day on Saturday and his car was parked in a field that was adjacent to a lone trailer that is like the PGA uh, tour performance trailer. It's where the physios go and the guys yeah, get their, the their massages and stuff. Like the whole venue is empty. Verno's going to his car and pops out of the trailer by himself. Nobody else, none other than, than Rory McElroy in just a t-shirt and shorts and a backpack. And Verno confessed, Chris Vernon, who traffics in in the mega super duper stars of the NBA and and NFL? He is uh, Memphis's beloved native son. Chris Vernon was starstruck. He said, he got, "I didn't know heart, what to his do." His heart went a flutter. Yes, he said, "I had." He watched so much Golf Pass, which is Rory's instructional uh, uh, right. vehicle um, that you can order and and you know take lessons from Rory. Essentially, he said he'd watched so much of that, that Rory feels like a TV star to him. And it felt like, you know, the equivalent of, of just bumping into Will Smith. Would you prepared to say, yo, Will Smith, you know, what, what, what's, what's happening? Fresh Prince. And he just did not have the words. So all he said, all I could do with Rory, I gave him a head nod and Rory gave him a head nod back. I was so pissed. I love Why didn't he go up there and kiss Rory's feet? I love Rory, notwithstanding, you know, the frustration over the years that we've shared on the pod. Damn no. it, Chris Vernon. Yeah, you got to do it. He's a good guy. Uh, as you know, uh, my brother and he struck up a little bit of a friendship. They play a couple of times together this year. He, he's just, uh, he's one of those, he's one of those guys who has the aura about him. And yes. it's what, it's why it's been so maddening that he has not continued to just, you know, eat majors the way that he did in the beginning part of his career. But uh, I, th- look, you know, we're going to have the homie home on here in a second, but, uh, you know, the homie home is only one slot behind Rory in terms of FedEx. So Rory's still got a little work to do to make sure he makes his way to Eastlake. Uh, I think, I think Rory's going to figure it out, but there's a whole lot to look forward to 
in these weeks ahead. Yeah, well, speaking of lots to look forward to, we are at the moment on the PGA Tour calendar. It is the last event of the season, and there is tons of implications for guys based on their placement, both in terms of getting inside the top 125, the guys that get to go play in the playoff, but also inside of the top 150, which are the guys who get to keep their cards and you know not have to go through any kind of a qualifying or corn ferry uh, kind of, of, uh, experience. So, uh, you know, there are some very prominent names, Nate dog that are, first of all, outside of the playoffs, Gary yeah. Woodland outside the playoffs, Adam yeah. Scott outside the playoffs, Ricky Fowler outside the playoffs. I mean, Matt Kuchar, but who cares a shit about Matt Kuchar? Yeah. Well, th- these guys who don't have some of the exemptions in, uh, based on earnings and the like, are, are the ones who really... I mean, look, 126 to 150, you only get conditional status. You're only yeah. really guaranteed, you know, probably 10 to 12 starts, something like that, maybe, uh, depending on how this new schedule changes what some guys do. But you're going to go, if you don't make the top 125, you're going to go down to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals and go to Boise and then go to Columbus and then go to uh, Indiana to to play those last three events to try to get you know, improve your status. If, if you, if you drop down and play those corn Ferry tour finals and you finish in the top 25 of guys who don't already have their card locked up on corn Ferry, And that that's the top 25 guys from the regular season finish in the top 25 in those three playoff events. Then you come in with, with more status than you otherwise would have as a conditional member. But this is where you start to see the screws tighten. I was in Tahoe last week at the, at the opposite field event, the Barracuda And you had 35 of 70 guys who made the cut who were outside the top 125. And it was fascinating to see some of the guys who had to make a move, make a move. And guess what? EVR, Eric Van Royen, one of the guys we've talked about for a long time on this pod, he stepped up, played great down the stretch, got a nice little bounce uh, on 18 as he pulled his his tee shot into into the red pines. Uh, and and one moved himself way up. You saw some other guys make big moves. Patrick Rogers was on the outside. He moved in. Scott Piercy looked like he was done, but with a third place finish, moved up. So um, now, you, like you said, you've got Ricky Fowler. Is he going to make the play? He needs forty or forty-five points this coming week at Wyndham just to get in. And that's it's a top ten, I think. He it, has it's, to it's have it. Top, it, it looks like maybe top twenty or better, but mm. I, it depends on how some of these other guys do. And so. Uh, the, the other interesting story coming into Wyndham is Will Zalatoris uh, yeah. is not in the playoffs. Right. Even he's though not eligible. He's a top 20 player in the world for sure, Insane. unless he wins. And, yep. and by the way, he's also kind of on the outside of those guys who you might look at for the Ryder Cup. I mean, Will Zalatoris wins at Wyndham. You're going to, you got to think about it. You yeah, think I mean, the, the, the miscut at the U.S. Open hurts uh, our boy, Will. And we, we love Will Zalatoris. It does. Um, but this but field... He had the injury to, to point to. Yeah, I know. He I know. played a lot better last week. But I, That's but, right. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah, no, top 10 last week, right? Which, no which is what Will, Will, Willie Z does. Um, the, like a sneaky good field, Hideki, uh, at, at this yep. venue. So this is Sedgefield in Greensboro, North Carolina. A Donald Ross track, I, 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 I think, um, reps... And and particularly, there is a link. There is uh, some some crossover between East Lake and Sedgefield. Both uh, Donald Ross courses on Bermuda grass. He will have the experience by playing this week in North Carolina 
of that the Southern Heat, right? He had it. He just got it in Memphis. He was great. Mm-hmm. By the way, he can't putt again. He is a he, he absolutely yeah, returned to terrible. form after the Masters. He's a terrible putter. He was a terrible putter at the Olympics. He was a terrible putter in Memphis, and still his bar, ball striking is so yeah, goddamn good. Ten strokes on the weekend on approach. It's, it's so goddamn good. So we have Hideki at this venue. We have Louis Oosthuizen at this venue. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Zalatoris, who's who who's basically like w- win or you're or or you're done. Yeah. Uh, which is you know insane. Um, this is a, a, a shootout venue. It's, it's it, it short, is. um, and it deemphasizes driving distance. The last five winners are Jim Herman, Jimmy JT, Herman last year coming out JT, of the group with Mark Hubbard. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the Brant Snedeker, uh, Henry, Henry Stenson and see, woo, Kim. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, and Davis love, by the way, over the age of 50, um, but all right. every everybody except for Davis Love, the score is twenty one or twenty two under. So this is who's rolling the rock the best, who's putting the, the, these greens because they're all going to get on and get in position. I, I think that this week the fun betting stuff is all around the guys who have to make something happen to get into the top one twenty five. That's the fun. Yeah, okay, go bet a few winners. We just talked about the guys who you really should be thinking about if you're going to put down a bet on who's going to win. But if you're going to look to top fives, top tens, top twenties, look at momentum from the last couple of weeks and look at the guys who are hovering around 125. Scott Piercy, who sits 126th, he's last man out right now. He was third last week at Barracuda. Take a look at Scott Piercy. Roger Sloan, 131st, Canadian guy. He was sixth last week at Barracuda. Vince Whaley, 139th right now. As you said, he's going to probably need uh, top six, uh, to, to get in. He was tied for ninth last week. Patrick Rogers, he's 123rd trying to protect his position. He was T 13 last week. And then Michael Thompson, who's 128th needs to try to sneak in there, move up a few spots. He was T 20 last week. Those are the guys who, you know, somebody around that 125 number, there's a handful of them who have extra incentive they're going to lock in and play well and be absolute guaranteed top 20s this week. That's where you can find good value and put some bets down. Yeah, and and I'm going to personally bet Hideki to top five because when you see Hideki on a ball striking heater like like he's on, you feel like you would just want to jump up and try and, and grab it. That that top five will, will be some kind of a, a decent plus number. But uh, shout out to, to Pat Mayo. He hit on a particular statistical angle that I, I like. Now, this is over the last... 24 rounds, these names I'm about to say, but um, because the, there are only two par fives at this venue, the um, the the performance on par fours that measure between 400 and 450 yards, there are eight of those here. Mm. And the guys over the last 24 rounds that have played the best in that are some under-the-radar names where you're going to get some top 10, top 20 value. Now, Hank Lebiota has been on a superheater yeah. over the last, you know, six weeks. Not surprising to see him there. Kramer Hickok, who, mm-hmm. you know, fought uh, tooth and nail against yep. Harris English at, at the Travelers. At Travelers. Um, Zach Johnson, which has to be a wholly attributable to him just feeling so comfortable at the John Deere that, you know, right. it creates Kevin Streelman, which is not surprising at all to see uh, there. And then Ryan Armour. Those are the names of the guys who have gained the most strokes on holes that fit that category. 
And that, that amongst those well, names, you're going to get some top 10 and top 20 value. Th- there's, there's no doubt. Ryan Armour's 122 in FedEx yeah. right now. So he's very vulnerable. And, and that's the kind of guy who is going to lock in this week and play well. Yes, exactly right. So a uh, couple other names just for fun. I mean, we, we talked about the Olympics. We did not mention the Slovakian Rory Sabatini. Oh, um, but look, he did the damn thing. He really did the damn thing. Yeah. And I, I, I was, was very impressed. It was super fun to watch. It hurt my feelings that I didn't bet on him. He's 138th right now in the standings. Speaking yeah. of, you know what you're talking about. So if he, if he performs well, so Sedgefield, he's played good at a couple top tens in recent years out, out of uh, Slo- Slovakia's own uh, Rory Sabatini. That's a guy that I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and, and sprinkle a tiny bit on, mainly out of regret that I didn't do it uh, for the Olympics. And then, you know, you look at, at somebody like Andrew Putnam, who um, performed very well at, at the Barracuda. Yeah, he played uh, great. And, and, you know, you just try and catch a guy on a heater and try and, and find some value. So those so, are the names. Well, one thing just to say about the Barracuda, it, it, the Stableford scoring system is just fun. Yeah. It just encourages, first of all, it means that nobody's ever out of it. Right. Like y- you can have kind of a shit round going. And if you make a couple birdies and an eagle on some of these, dri- you know, uh, uh, either drivable par fours of which there are, depending on where the tees and, and pins are four or three, and then, you know, some of the par fives, it, it really makes for a fun system. I wish there was uh, one or two other tournaments that have it because it encourages guys to go for it. But what we've not gotten yet is the worst you can do is minus three. Like you can literally pick up your ball if you are triple or worse. And what we haven't had is a guy who walks up to the 18th tee with more than a three-shot lead, at which point, and nobody like within striking distance of him so that he can just not play 18. One of these days, we're going to have an absolute walk-off where the guy doesn't even have to play the last hole to win the tournament. So ballsy. God, I, I, I want to think about it. that possibility. I love it so much. All right, let's root for it. Let's remember this next year and root for it. We're going to jump over to the homie, Max Homa, but I want to give a quick shout out. We The results are in, Nate Dog. The Fairway Rolling Doe Leaderboard Series. Yes. We, we have a winner. A blue jacket is being made as we speak is, right now. Uh, 44 long. That's me. It's not. Yeah. Well, you are not the winner. What? Chris, Christopher Hart. Shout out to Chris Hart. Now, I don't have his uh, handle that he used on, on the, uh, the FanDuel competition, but thanks to FanDuel for running the leaderboard series. We got all four Chris Hart. majors in there. Chris Hart takes it down. All top 25 finishers. You can go go click on the link if you participated in the events, and I don't know why you wouldn't have. Uh, all top five, 25 finishers are getting some serious ringer swag, so be on the lookout for that. FanDuel's pulling down the names. We're getting in contact money. with everybody. And, you know, there, there's a there was lots of good cash prizes this year, and there are going to be a lot of good cash, cash prizes next year. So we're going to run it, run it right back, Nate Dog. Mm. Mm. Congrats, Chris Hart. Congrats, Chris Hart. Now let's jump over to the man of the hour, our, the our homie beloved homie. homie, the homie Max Homa. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. 
behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, my par-saving pals. The last time this gentleman was on the show was about a year ago. And in the year since, all that's happened, we have nine top 20s, five top 10s, a win at a little track called Riviera Country Club at Tiger Woods' own Invitational. He's 26th right now in the FedEx Cup, 40th in the official world golf ranking. The homie Max Homo, what's happening, brother? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, thank you. I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back on. It won't be quite as fun without the other two boys uh, with me this time, but we'll do it. Yeah, all right. right. L- last time you were on, we had Joel Damon and Mark Hubbard on, on the, the pod. We were talking. You guys were all shacked up together in Ohio. Um, this is a nice occasion, though, to go ahead and do some, some uh, homie homo celebration because I'm pretty sure this is your best year ever on tour and like i said you were on the show a year ago now you've had your very best year like a lot of pods try and and grab that bump but i mean i think we have a legit claim that that you know i didn't even think about it i I had the timeline probably mixed uh, mixed up in my head but i'm starting to think you guys are the reason now we'll really see how it goes you know in these playoffs now that we're talking yes all good things come uh, from those who touch Max Homa. Shane Bacon can attest to that. But so, <laughs> so look, a year ago, if you you remember, you were in Columbus, I think, and you had basically slammed your door shut and thrown your clubs all over your room, and and you were upset with the state of your game. How, where you are now, I mean, what are the goals from here for the rest of the season? Even since the win, you've had a couple top tens. You had a sixty-six in Memphis last week, a sixty-five in Detroit. Like the game is there. Is it just tour championship right now? That's the goal. Are you thinking about Ryder cup? How do you think about the next couple months? Yeah, the Ryder cup's tricky. You know, uh, obviously um, team is, is getting closer and closer to being formed. And uh, some guys are playing some really good golf. I'm happy to be in a position where if I ball out for three weeks, I have a good chance, but yeah, uh, yeah my, my goal at the beginning of every year, since I've turned pro is to make that tour championship. I think it's a big honor. I think it's a testament to a, phenomenal season. Uh, I'd obviously like more than that, but that is definitely goal one at the moment. 
Um, and yeah, the game's been good. It hasn't been good for four whole rounds uh, yeah. in a while, but it's been really good um, day to day. So it's exciting. It's cool to go into the uh, playoffs with a real, a real chance, honestly, a real, really good chance. Uh, played, you know, I played Liberty National before, which is a bonus. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's exciting. It's uh, not a position I've been in before. I'm usually kind of around 60 to 70 kind of fighting to get into the second round. So this is cool. Uh, and yeah, it's always fun though when the game's good. I, I guess I, I would I would trade I would trade it all just to make sure that my game feels like it does now. So it's, I'm glad that it's all kind of going in line with each other. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned that you haven't been in this position before, and maybe that might make you sweat a little bit. So the good folks at nice. Gillette nice. have hooked us up today, <laughs> and uh, um, it, it is uh, in connection with the Gillette deodorant line. Now we had Will Zalatoris on um, right before the U.S. Open, who's also part of the Gillette family, and we had to go through with him that we were relieved that we were talking about deodorant with Will because the only hair on that man's body seems to be on the top of his head. You, Max Homa, are a guy that feels like very on brand with all all that Gillette has to offer, and not not just the deodorant, but but the entire. Sweet of, of goods. So uh, tell us a little bit about the deodorant. And then I, I, I want to ask you about, you know, what, what, we, what we could do for some razors. Well, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not only just a hairy man. I, it also means I'm a sweaty man. So, <laughs> this deodorant has helped helped a lot, man. You know, you don't want to be you don't want to be walking around the golf course sweating. You don't want to walk around the golf course th thinking you might smell bad. Uh, it's just not it, golf is hard enough. You, you just want to kind of go play and do your best not to make bogeys. So uh, it's been it's been cool to partner with them. Yeah, me and me and Will, we could not be more different uh, looking uh, when it comes to hair composition uh, but like any golfer walking around you know what is it probably six seven miles a walk you just don't want to sweat uh it's a nerve-wracking game um so yeah i feel like it's been it's been fun partnering with them they're doing a lot of really cool stuff for the game too adding some tournaments with their little uh, next gen golf city tour they've been doing so uh, it's it's awesome it's awesome for the common golfer and it's awesome for me the sweaty the sweaty golfer well look uh one guy that looks like he could be on the program. It would make sense. And, and uh, I wondered this because out of the side of my eye, when you're, when you're watching a tournament on television, I'm sure people have told you this, the resemblance between you and Abe answer is, is kind of uncanny. Now he is not quite the same stature as, as you, you're, you're kind of a bigger version of Abe, but like when you, when, when, when you see, a guy that looks like you go out there and, and get his first tournament. Does it, does it warm your heart? I mean, how do you have any reaction at all? I, I, the only commonality I can think of is that you look like each other. Yeah, no, we have a big, uh, we have a big group chat on tour of all like the hairiest guys. It feels yes. like not our top 20. So yeah. So when one of, one of us wins, you know, <laughs> we, uh, we all get really excited. Uh, he sends us his tequila. Uh, we all, we all, we all send pictures back of our beards. No, I actually think you just gave me a good idea. We should have a picture where Abe stands here, then me in the middle, then Dustin Johnson, and just like work our way up the, <laughs> the, the height pedestal. <laughs> well, so listen, you're not Ricky Bobby, but you have built a lot of the kinds of partnerships that we were just talking about, in part because you have understood from the beginning that guys who were in your position as a golfer, lots of upside, but probably weren't in the public mindset with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, 
that those guys had to be their own brand manager. And you have thought about your career a little bit that way and taken things into your own hands. You do the pod with Shane Bacon, which is terrific. Um, you've done a whole lot of things online. What I want to ask you is, do you actually have a fucking chance at the PIP? Do you have any idea where you stand? Oh, I know where I stand. I have no chance. I wish people understood that this... What? Exactly. This thing is not... It's not for guys like Max. No, it's to pay the top guys. It is not about social media. That's what's so fun. Oh. I post about it. There is a small... If you read the article, there's a small area where social media helps, but is essentially a Q rating. So who is on TV the most? Yeah. Who is pushing the game the most? So it is people who are in the feature groups every week. Right. Uh, and who, you know, who are in commercials. McDonald's uh, commercials. Yeah. All this stuff, man. Like, it's just, it, this is what's been so fun. Like, making jokes about this because it's it and it shouldn't be for us like it shouldn't be for me like it should be for the top 10 guys basically in the world who are bringing people to watch tournament i always say that when i tie tiger woods in a tournament i tied him last year or something at tory pines and we both got paid the exact same amount of money it is a crime because he brought in way more to that tournament than i did so let's give let's give them more money yeah but with 150 guys playing each week it is a good thing for people to be aware of people who are showing up on the leaderboard outside of oh, the yeah. top 10 guys in the world, right? I mean, is, oh, there oh, is something yeah. to be said for the development of a, a, a sort of a broader swath of fans, and you have done that. Yeah, no, it, it is important, but it is definitely a more of a long-term play. Like, if yeah. you look at somebody, like, we could just use the three, you know, three of us that, that were on last time, me, Joel, Mark. Yeah. Uh, I would think that all of us would be, you know, guys people would really enjoy rooting for, but we need to play our way into that's right uh, that limelight, and which is which is rightfully so, everyone does, but ours seems to wave a bit more. But you get people like, uh, shoot, um, you know, John Rom and DJ and Brooks and Bryson, like those guys are top five, top ten players in the world. They're on, um, you know, the the uh, feature groups every week. It's it would be cool if they would add us in here and there to help grow the big part, you know parts of golf and maybe our brand a little bit, but at the same time, they know that those guys are, are, you know, John Rom gets a top 10 every other tournament. So, you know, you're going to be watching him for sure, but it's good when we get a little bit of change at the top, when Joel, you know, or, or Mark or I play well, um, and we get some new kind of some, some fresh meat out there just so that people yeah. see that it's not all the same 10 guys, but for this pimp argument, all that, like that is what it's for is for those 10, 15 guys that, that are doing that week to week. And we can play our way into that, uh, but it's more about our golf than I think it is about our uh, our, our tweets. <laughs> well, I I want to ask you about the experience of this past weekend. It is a unique um, place on the tour schedule. This is the WGC event down in Memphis, and it it it's um, in connection with the St. Jude Children's Hospital, and it it always gets me uh and you you've been ahead of the curve max in terms of like you know the, the linking donations to your scoring on the golf course and and other players have picked up on that and a lot of people have jumped in um talk a little bit about like the experience of the interaction between the volunteers the kids i know that that uh, a kid designed some shoes for you that you wore all, all week it's just a very like um touching and, and connection, you know, reconnection to reality 
kind of uh, uh, tournament, at least from a fan's obser- uh, observation? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Anybody who has not learned or dug into or dived into um, what St. Jude does is uh, they're 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 missing out because it's amazing. Uh, anyone who knows me well knows that what they do is very very close to my heart. I've had. Um, you know, this kind of happened in my life. One of my buddies, David, it wasn't through St. Jude, but LA Children's Hospital. He, he unfortunately passed away from cancer when we were, uh, you know, early in college. So uh, it's always meant a lot to me for what, what they do. So every year I go to that tournament, it is amazing. Two years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the hospital and get to hang out with some of the kids and their families. And they had a putting green in there. and We all got to putt around and hang out. And, and I, and I, it, it it is both sad and heartwarming at the same time. It is awful that anyone has to go through cancer and everything that that entails, but it just feels even worse when it's a kid because they haven't even got to see life yet. And, um, but what's unbelievable about these kids and what was unbelievable about my friend David is as much as I am sulking for them, they are telling me everything's cool and they're smiling and laughing and being cheerful. And when you go to that tournament, like you mentioned, like everyone's so thankful you're there and you're just trying to be like, no, no, no. Thank you for like letting me be a part of this. And it's just, it feels backwards. And it's like, they, it's just, it is that we talk, we joke about perspective. A lot of people get perspective, blah, blah, blah. It's probably overused, but that is one place that, uh, you know, I I was a brat on the golf course on, on Saturday and I have never felt worse about myself leaving in those shoes thinking what have you just done you need to grow up like this this is not about golf this is a much bigger deal and I just I I I couldn't be prouder to be uh, a part of a tournament like that I'm glad they're going to be a playoff event they they deserve all of the notoriety that, that the tour can offer them well so let's talk about mindset then because you're a guy who's talked very publicly about the mental approach to the game and how you manage it in this moment in time. Look, if I look at your shots, gain numbers, they're as strong, just about as strong as they've ever been. What are you working to get better at? Like, what are you really working on right now to get better each day on? Physically is my short game as far as strokes game go. That's the only part of my game. I like consistently uh, stink at. Uh, So I'm working on that, but still just working on the mental, you know, I've had a pretty good run mentally for a while. And then last week, I don't know if it's the season getting to me, of course, being hard, but you know, I just, I I went back to old habits, but um, you know, it's also a realization. Who catches you? Does your wife help you on that? Your coach? Do you catch it? Does Joe catch it? (laughs) Everybody gangs up on me. I catch it and I need somebody to snap me out of it. Uh, So I know I'm doing it and I can't stop. That's just how my brain works. I just, I keep going and it's, it's a, it's an awful habit. Uh, But yeah, my wife moment, I picked up the phone or she picked up the phone on Saturday. Uh, I said one thing and she said, you need to change your attitude because it is not good. And she's right. And it takes me a while to get out of that funk. But I mean, the cool part, with all of that mental stuff is, is that you can turn it around anytime you want. You can stop going negative anytime you want. You just need to move forward at some point. And it's hard to, it's hard to just go from sad to happy really quick, but you, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. So, um, so did that, Riv was, help with that? I mean, did you come out of Riv after you got through the whole high of, holy shit, I want in LA. I wanted to do this since I was a kid. Like there was so much emotion around that. But it also meant that, like, you've now won two fucking tournaments on two fucking hard courses. Like, guys who win once, it's hard to get the second. JT will say the second major is harder than the first. But but did, did that second win change the way that you're able to approach moments where you're not at your best? No. Um, honestly, it, it did a lot for 
confidence. It almost made the mental side easy, like almost like too easy, like cheap. So I could always look back on that. Because mm-hmm. just because you win a golf tournament, just because you have a really good, like something really cool happened, doesn't mean that the next day something bad might happen and, and you could still go back to being negative or or, or, or pissy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that it has helped my confidence. I really struggle with 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 confidence. So it's really boosted that maybe when I'm having a bad about a week or, or tournament or something, I can look back and be like, all right, well, I'm good at golf. Yep. I'm good at golf. Yeah. But the mental stuff being up to date with it, like making sure that you're always uh, trying to be as positive as you can. Like it almost made that too easy. Uh, and, 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 and uh, don't work on it. Cause like weeks like last week where I didn't play well or better for my mental, cause now I'm locked back in. Like, I'm not going to go back down that road uh, yeah. at least for a little while. And I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm sharp there. Makes you flex those flex, those muscles again. Yeah, exactly. You got to, you got to practice it. And when you win, you don't have to practice it at all. That's the interesting part. Yeah. Well, one one of the fringe benefits of going down to Memphis is you get to see our, our beloved Na- Memphis native son, Chris Vernon, uh, who, uh, included you in the master's update. I think the most recent one, uh, was, was possibly the, the, the most popular. Yeah. That's ever. almost like winning a major. My, my, yeah, but my question is, I, Vernon acts like he came up with the homie Max Homa. That that cannot possibly be true. You've been the homie Max Homa for quite some time, most of your life, right? Yeah, but I feel like that's like saying like somebody definitely, someone else definitely said just do it before Nike did it. But it takes like a big stage. Like he, people now yell that at me. Uh, my friends will text me, and I'll text them. It's a bogey party. <laughs> I mean, it, he killed it. That's like been the highest honor of my career is getting into that Masters uh, segment. <laughs> well, it's a long way from where you were a couple years ago, and as we head into this last week, there's a tournament where there's a bunch of guys who are scrambling, right? They're scrambling for their card. And the the way that they perform this week will dictate whether they end up uh, at Liberty National or whether they go to Boise and start playing those Corn Ferry tours, or even for some of the guys, whether they are going back to Q school. So y- you have been with your back against the wall before. You have been, by any outside measure, sort of done and fought back from there to get to where you are now. What is the mindset that these guys ought to have if you give advice to the guys who are 126 to 170 this week walking into to a really intense stretch where they're trying to basically eat what they kill yeah honestly best advice I, i'd have is if it doesn't work out this week it doesn't doesn't mean anything it might make it a little bit harder you might need to go back to q school i did it. i had to go to second stage of q school after Wyndham. you might have all this shit feel like it's flying at you and it's awful but if it doesn't work this week, it's not the end of the world. Cause you can just pick back up where you left off. You just have to keep getting better. You have to keep like pushing and moving forward. It does feel like your world's coming to an end, but it's just not because I mean, shoot three, four, four years ago. I mean, I, I went and played a Adams tour event in the middle of freaking nowhere in Texas, went to second stage of Q school, got through, didn't get through final stage, uh, finished like 60th. And then uh, in a year and a half after that, I won on the PJ tour. You just have to keep getting better. Golf will always have its avenues to kick you off the tour, but golf will also have a lot of avenues to get you back on it. You just need to make sure that you're always doing what uh, you think you need to do to make sure you're keep, you keep progressing. Cause you could go out to win them this week, play really well, have a bad break on a tree and not finish high enough to get through. Is yeah. that the reason you're going to let your career kind of like 
go by the wayside? No. So you got to know that golf's going to be fickle. You should have honestly, like as we, everybody says you should have played better earlier if that's what you think is making or breaking your season. So once you get that mindset going, just know that if you just keep getting better from today on, what is today, Tuesday, Wednesday or Tuesday, you just have to keep getting better from today on. And whether you get through it, win them or not, who cares? Go win Q school, go ball out and web, win three times, get your ass back on the PJ tour. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds so easy, but it's just like, that's what you have to do. You cannot be so microscoped into like this week. Oh, I'm got I got to get through. It's like, yeah, man, like for sure. But if you don't, don't let it all come crashing down. Max, I, I know, uh, we're, we're just about time up here, but, uh, I, I can't let you go. Uh, our, our pal, uh, Ryan Rosillo is a, is a friend of yours and, um, Ryan, when you won in, in LA, Ryan shared with us that he, you guys got on the phone together and he took a screenshot of the conversation. Now, speaking of, uh, Gillette and thank you, Gillette for, for making Max available to us today, new anti-perspirant, the shot of Rosillo on the phone with you, Rosillo didn't have his shirt on. Why Which, are you FaceTiming Rosillo's shirt? I mean, first of all, why this, would you answer his call? But second of all, <laughs> all the above, everything Nate just said, it was it's still to this day very perplexing. What the hell was going on there? I think the first thing I said was, of course you don't. Have <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's like the easiest. He just gives you layups. I know he's a basketball guy. He gives you layups. I could not believe the meathead himself was just like... <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, I'm, I'm moving or I got a big, I was like, dude, even whatever I'm doing, I got a shirt on like 99% of every day. Of course. Of course. Well, look, let's, let's figure out a way to get him some of this Gillette deodorant. Yeah, uh, I mean, if he's going to have no, no, if he has no fabric between his pit and then me, I need, I need him to have the best deodorant. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right, Max Homo. Thank you very, very much for coming on. You're Go always welcome. Lake, uh, and you know, we've set a, a standard here. You just had your, your, your best year, uh, through the regular tour schedule. So 2022, I mean, it doesn't feel like too much to ask. No, 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 not at all. I mean, this has been a big boost. It's an ego boost for me, honestly, getting to be on with you guys. So, <laughs> get, get another bump from you guys. <laughs> go, go kick ass, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Take care. All right, my eagle enthusiasts. There you have it. Our ginormous thanks to the Harry Max Homa for making his reappearance on the show. He has a standing invitation. We're back next week here at Fairway Rule, and we will have clarity around the FedEx Cup playoffs, who's in, who's out, and, you know, it should be a pretty fun run. Uh, until next week, my birdie buddies, let's hit them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.